coming up on Good Journeys with Second Mountain. I think one of the biggest things that shifted for me is I now see the world the way that she sees the world. And there's this in incredible amount of wonder that she looks at the, the smallest little things, a plastic water bottle making some noise when you squeeze it. And there's this immense amount of wonder. And it just makes me think if we could all have that kind of wonder for everything in life, man, what a different place this world would be. Welcome to Good Journeys with Second Mountain, the show that explores the trails traveled and lessons learned from some truly extraordinary guests. It is time for another Good Journeys with Second Mountain, and what a truly awesome show I have lined up for you today. I'm your host, the founder of Second Mountain Comms, Ben Veal. I'm all about helping good people do good, and I love nothing more than deep dive conversations with positive people. And when it comes to positivity, my guest today sure takes some beating. He is a highly accomplished television presenter and entrepreneur. He has interviewed the biggest and brightest names in the world of sports and entertainment, both on the red carpet and in his studio. He is a four-time, 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 four-time Emmy award-winning TV host. And he also presents the truly fantastic podcast and YouTube show, Insight. I am grateful and honored to have him with me today to share his very own good journey. A big warm welcome everyone from across the pond to my guest today. He is the one, the only, CVV, Mr. Chris Van Vliet. Welcome to the show, Chris. How are you today? I'm doing great, Ben. Thank you for that wonderful intro. Super grateful for that and just super grateful to see you. Like, so great to connect with you. Thanks for having me on. Uh, such a joy. I, I felt like I had to bring some of your infectious positivity into that intro. You know, if, if we're smiling, then I feel like everybody that's watching this or listening to this can also be smiling too. That's my hope at least. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So look, I am very similar to you in that I really like to dive into like my research and get to know a lot about my guest. And whilst I was looking into you, I found a really bizarre coincidence between us both, which I'm going to get to in just a second, which is okay. probably going to blow your mind. Um, but first, here's some coincidences. So we're both around 40 years old. You've just hit that milestone. I've got it coming up this year. Um, we're both husbands. We're both dads. We both love long-form conversations. Uh, we both have academic backgrounds in communication studies. Uh, we're both lifelong wrestling fans and now get to speak to some of that amazing talent via our shows. Um, and we both get the chance to share the lives of people we really respect on film. But the coolest coincidence, probably I'm not sure I have a half would agree it was cool, but your wife and my wife both labored for 42 hours of our first kids. How weird is that? Oh, wow. I mean, yeah. they're part of some like rare club then. I feel like when, when, you're, when you're in labor for almost two days, that is a wild club. And look, I get there's lots of people that have been in labor for longer than that. But 42 hours yeah. I mean, you were there. I was there. It was I mean, it's well, I was I was there for some of it. I, I slept for a good portion of it as oh, well. Oh, Good for you. I, re I remember <laughs> getting woken up because, because it was at home. And I remember she was on one of those, you know, those bouncy balls. Uh, yeah, yeah. contractions watching sound of music to calm her down because that's her that's her calming place for sound of music and um i was like well i'm going to go to bed because at some point you're going to need me so <laughs> let's just you know i'll get some i'll get some sleep and i remember i was in the deepest deepest sleep in the world chris 
and it was half past midnight and I just got a kind of a bit of a poke and a slap around the head. She was like, it's time. Yeah. And I, I have, I have never moved so fast from, from I, that. I think we were in the car within two minutes, like go, go, go. Wow. And, uh, yes. and then we got to the hospital and nothing happened for hours. Well, there's another, there's another similarity because same thing for us. We went to the hospital and yeah, we, we were at the hospital for 17 hours before our little girl decided to finally show her face. So yeah, no, it's uh, a wild time. And yeah. you know, I, I thought I couldn't possibly love my wife, Rachel anymore. And uh, that changed everything. And then, and, you know, every single day, I'm just like, wow, you're just the best. I'm so lucky to have you. Yeah, well, I'll reassure you. When we had a we had a second child, and he came out in hours. That kid okay, was like, he was like, jump, like okay, so. Well, that's good I, I was bracing myself. I had books. I had box sets. I was ready for the long haul, and he just he just out like a rocket. So you know, it's all different. But um, yeah. Now you're doing. A, I can't remember what podcast you're on, but I heard you say 40 hours. I was like, I cannot believe that because I've always I've always dined out on the fact that my wife had a 42 hour labour, and bless her heart, she is um. She was a trooper that day. Yeah, it's it's amazing. It's amazing what they can do. Yeah. So look, since becoming a dad, you became a dad last year. Firstly, congratulations. Thank you. Um, how have you found that journey so far? That journey is is one that nothing can prepare you for it. And it's so funny because as you know, when your wife is pregnant and you know that it's about to happen, you know, any any day, week, month now, whatever stage you are you're getting this unsolicited advice from everybody and none of it really can prepare you. And that's not to say that it wasn't good advice. A lot of it was great advice. A lot of it was very overwhelming. Nothing can prepare you, but it's amazing that once for us, that little girl came into the world, everything changed. Everything changed. My outlook on life, my outlook on the way that I approach every day, it's all changed. I mean, before we started recording here, I was talking about how I'm about to hop on an airplane, fly to the Royal Rumble in Tampa. And it's just like, obviously, I want to be there. I can't wait to see what kind of conversations we're going to have here and what happens at the Royal Rumble. But also, it's like, I'm going to miss my daughter, Logan, my wife, Rachel. And that's like never been something I've had to, to think about as much as I think about it now. And just I think one of the biggest things that shifted for me is I now see the world the way that she sees the world. And there's this in incredible amount of wonder that she looks at the, the smallest little things, a plastic water bottle making some noise when you squeeze it. And there's this immense amount of wonder. And it just makes me think if we could all have that kind of wonder for everything in life, man, what a different place this world would be. I, I tell you what, what breaks me is when my, my little boy is, so my youngest is five and he'll he'll pick me up on my phone and he'll say, dad, I wanted you to play with me. Why are you on your phone? Every time I'm like, I don't know. I don't have an answer to it. Why, why is an email or a DM on Instagram? Why is that more important than this incredible little person? who's only going to be this size for this short period of time. And um, I think they're really good for grounded in, in what's important. I think about that with, obviously with kids, but also with people in general. Like it's a, it's so funny to me that you could be having a face-to-face -face conversation with the person who's in front of you, that you could reach out and shake their hand and 
they will, if their phone buzzes in their pocket, immediately they're taking out, taken out of the conversation and they ignore the person who's in front of them yeah. to look at a message or a notification from someone who's not even there. And I think about that all the time and I'm trying my best to be more and more present. It's difficult because obviously a lot of what I do as an interviewer, as a host, as a creator is on the phone, is on the internet, is on my laptop. It, and it's it's hard because that's right there. It's so readily available. So that's something that I have been struggling with and I'm working through. Well, I'm interested in that because one of the things I was going to ask you, you know, you are this, you know, I think it's fair to say you're a prolific content creator. I mean, I feel like I, I don't. A minute doesn't go by where your face doesn't pop up on my Instagram feed some somewhere. But, yeah, something's going um, right there. You're okay, good. Um, but but I mean, you are a, a, a real workhorse in terms of churning out content, and not just when I say churning out, that sounds wrong. You're not. You're 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 creating deep dive, meaningful, well informed conversations with really interesting people that are well researched and very well produced. But you are doing that with such ridiculous regularity. How are you managing to do that alongside, you know, being a husband, being a father? You travel a lot for these interviews. I think that's a real difference between you and a lot of people like me. Obviously, it's all it's all virtual. You often go to hotels, do the set, have your studio. How are you doing it? Do you, do you have like extra hours in the day than the rest of us? It's. I mean, <laughs> it's really kind of you to say that. It's not just me. I'm so fortunate that as a content creator, the best part about this has been that I've allowed other content creators who are you know, the best at what they do, which is editing videos or uh, being an audio engineer or writing copy or whatever it happens to be, making graphics, they're now part of this world and they're able to achieve their dream of being a content creator through the content that we're making. And through all the interviews that I've done and all the content that I've made, that's the thing that I'm the most proud of, the fact that the content that we're making has created all these other opportunities for so many other content creators. So I've got a team of extremely talented people who look, I know how to edit. I know how to make graphics. I'm just not very good at it. And I did it for a long time. I learned how to edit when I was in high school. So I've been editing for a long, long, long time. But over the last two or so years, I realized that my editing skills are like a six out of 10. So if my editing skills are a six out of 10 and my graphic design skills are like a three out of 10, why not focus my time and my efforts on the things that I'm much better at, which is researching for interviews and actually doing these interviews and putting that content out. Why not focus that my attention on that stuff and then let the people who are the best at what they do, do what they do best. So that's been the whole idea here. Having a great team of incredibly talented people around me make me look that much better and maybe that much smarter. And do you think that's been the game changer for you? Because I would say looking at looking from the outside in at your journey, you know, you're you have had this kind of meteoric rise after being in this game for so long as a broadcaster. Um, do you think part of it is because the content that you're producing and the quality of it has has enhanced so much in the last couple of years? I think that's definitely been a part of it, but I've also been doing this for a long time. Like I got my very first internship and we can talk, talk about that story if you want Please. a little bit later on, but I got my first internship at a radio station in 2004. So like we're coming up on 20 years of me doing this and working in communication studies or working in broadcasting. So I think that's one element of it. The fact that I've just been doing this for a long time and like, 
honing my craft like little by little and like still continuing to try to get better with every piece of content that I put out. I think the other part about it is there's this quote that I always come back to and it's, if you're willing to do what other people aren't willing to do, you're going to get results that other people aren't going to get. And before the world shut down in 2020, I had never done a virtual interview. I'd never done something over Zoom or StreamYard or Riverside. And I didn't want to do that because I, I thought that there was nothing better than being in the room with the person. I want to be able to shake their hand, look them in the eye, give them a hug, feel their energy. And then when the world shut down, two things happened. One, everybody was forced to go to doing these virtual interviews, myself included. I actually remember sending out a tweet like early in the pandemics, like mid-March and being like, hey, I'm about to do my very first virtual interview. Could somebody like help me out? Like, I don't know yeah. what platform to use. I don't know what equipment to use. And then number two, the other thing that happened during 2020 was a lot more podcasts, a lot more interview shows popped up because everybody's sitting at home and they're like, well, what do, what do I do now? I've always yeah. wanted to do this. Now's the perfect opportunity. And I always say the best thing about podcasting or YouTube is anybody can do it. And also the worst thing about podcasting or YouTube is anybody can do it. So I think there's a difference between doing it and being intentional about it. And that's been one of the things that I've really done over the last, call it two or three years. I've really been intentional about the content that we're making. I'm doing whatever I can, if possible, to do them in person, which is something that at least in the wrestling space, a lot of other creators aren't doing. And I'm also just trying to like, I understand that a podcast is, it's a big bite, right? It's like to, to say to someone, will you watch an hour long interview? Will you watch an hour long video? That's a big thing for them to bite yeah. and chew on. So I've been trying to make it a little bit more like bite size. So I like to think of the vertical videos that I put out, whether that's an Instagram reel, a TikTok, a YouTube short. I like to think of those as the breadcrumbs, right? Because yeah. if someone sends you, Ben, a video that's an hour and 17 minutes long and they go, man, this podcast is so good. You need to check this out. You're going to look at that and go, I am not spending that much time on this. Like, just send me the, like the time code of the thing you're talking about, but I'm not watching that whole thing. So I'm making these little breadcrumbs, so little, little taste tests for like, here's what I'm all about. Here's what my content's all about. If you like that, maybe you can go find the slice of bread, which is a two to five-ish minute clip on my CVV Clips YouTube channel. It's more of like a, an idea or a thought put in like a two minute clip. And if you like that, if you like the piece of bread, you can then go find the full loaf of bread, which is the entire episode. So I've just been trying to make it accessible for anyone with any sort of attention span. Yeah. And what I, what I love about that is you're kind of meeting people wherever they're at, aren't they? But yes. when you do pick out those clips, I think something that's different about you and I'm looking to do the same through this podcast and through my other show, Wrestling Life, is, you know, I'm trying to put positivity out there. I feel like this isn't just in the wrestling space. This isn't in news generally. We're just in such a negative, negative world. And what I love about your interviews is you're not there looking for those kind of little clickbait bits you're you're trying to pull out the the essence of someone's story but in a way that actually represents them favorably and i'm sure that's had a really big part in in your growth and also you're getting the kind of guests um you're you're going to get because i've had conversations especially in the wrestling world where i've explained the kind of show that i'm doing and it's been that that's put people over the edge as opposed to i'm a podcaster i want to interview you because i think everyone's just so wary now of you know what the headline is going to be they say the wrong thing that's your 
because we all know that YouTube and we all know social media loves to focus on the negative. Um, and it's trying to do that in a positive way, isn't it? That's the challenge I find as a content creator. The, at the heart of broadcasting is storytelling. And that's why I fell in love with broadcasting in the first place. When I was four years old at a Fisher Price radio with like cassette tapes, and I would pretend to be a radio DJ. That's when I fell in love with broadcasting because it's the idea of telling stories. And what I love about interviewing and especially the medium of podcasting and long form interviews is you have the opportunity to like actually have a conversation and tell a full story rather than just question, answer, question, answer. And then like, that's the end of the interview. So I think for me, it's just been an opportunity to like talk to people who are at the top of their game figure out how they got there and have a conversation about everything that's happened along the way. That's just what my conversations have been about. That's what my podcasts have been about. I get that that might not be for everybody and that's totally okay. And that's another thing I love about the world that we live in right now with the internet is you can dial right into that niche of what you like. And there's plenty of negativity out there on the internet. And we're not just talking about wrestling. We're not just talking about news. Just in general, there's a lot of negativity. I would just prefer to be on the other side of that. I prefer to be focusing on the positivity. And if that's not for you, that's okay. Go check out another show. Thank you so much for being with us for this inspiring conversation today on the Good Journeys with Second Mountain podcast. We'll return to our guest interview very soon, but I want to just take a few seconds now to thank our partners on the show, Resilient Leaders Elements, and tell you all about the positive change they're making in the world. We live in uncertain times where the only constant is change. Resilience has never mattered more, and it's much more than just a buzzword to the team at RLE. Leadership is about resilience, and RLE are focused on making world-class leadership development available to all, training people worldwide to build the skill sets needed to become resilient leaders. RLE's highly respected Resilient Leaders Development Programme is a bespoke development tool that's perfect for leaders of all levels, and you can sign up right now. So if you want to turbocharge your leadership growth and become more resilient both in the workplace and in your personal life, there's never been a better time to start your journey. Visit resilientleaderselements.com now to find out more. So I wanted, I wanted to ask about uh, your, your show because for some of my, my listeners and audience, you know, they won't be familiar with you because... They're not into wrestling, which sure. is why I have two shows. Um, but your show wasn't always about wrestling. You've really doubled down on on your on your love for the art form in in recent years. But when did you make a conscious decision to transition? Uh, I believe you were the Chris Van Vliet show, is that right? And then you transformed yeah. into Insight. I guess what would be a useful starting point is how would you describe your show, Chris, for anyone who hasn't checked out? All right, so and, I'll describe. Yeah. Describing my show now is in-depth conversations with pro wrestlers. You know, you've seen them on WWE, AEW, Ring of Honor, New Japan, TNA. Like that's that's what my show is about now. I would say that my career as a whole, I'm still doing a lot of interviews with comedians and directors and a lot of actors. So that still exists. I still work very much as an entertainment reporter. You can see me on a few different networks or shows here in the US. So that still exists. And to answer your question, my YouTube channel was always about like, these are just interviews with people, like the people, they're, they're the people at the top of their game. So you could find interviews with people like Tom Cruise or Bradley Cooper or Oprah Winfrey or Steven Spielberg, 
or The Rock or John Cena or Hulk Hogan or Ric Flair or comedians like Kevin Hart or Will Ferrell. That was always there. And I noticed probably around 2018 when I was doing more wrestling interviews, started to notice that there was just a real hunger for those wrestling interviews. And I was very aware that I had a really good position with access. So I was working for a TV show. And when celebrities would come to town, you'd have a chance to interview them for whatever they were promoting, whether that was a book or a show or a movie or some sort of musical tour or something like that. But when wrestling came to town, they were also available for those interviews too. So I would interview these WWE superstars or these TNA stars, and they would talk about the show that was in town, but then I would ask them the questions that I genuinely wanted to know the answer to. It's just as like a hardcore wrestling fan. And we would air 30, 40 seconds on TV about the event or maybe something about their career, but then we'd have five, 10, 15 minutes of just another conversation about wrestling stuff that I didn't want to go to waste. So I just started posting it on my YouTube channel, just thinking there's got to be other wrestling fans somewhere on this planet that would enjoy this conversation as well. That's really where it began. It was like a few times a year when wrestling would come to town. That was it. And in 2018, I was like, what if I started going out of my way a little bit more? Like, what if when there was a pretty big name at a local independent wrestling show, what if I drove there and did that interview? Or what if, oh, um, I know that this person lives in town. What if when they're home for the holidays from WWE, what if I interviewed them and put that on my YouTube channel? That started to get a little bit more momentum. And that's when things really started to take off. It was called the Chris Van Fleet Show when my podcast first started, just honestly, because I didn't know what to call the show. My cool. YouTube channel just is, is my name. And that's it. And I realized about two years in that the show wasn't about me. And it didn't make sense to call it the Chris Van Vliet show when I didn't want the spotlight shining on me because that wasn't what the show was about. It was about taking the spotlight and shining it on the people who are the best at what they do. So I renamed it to Insight with Chris Van Vliet, which I think is a much better title for what the show is all about. It's about people giving insight, my guests giving insight, and me selfishly getting insight from these people that I can hopefully apply to my own life. Yeah, that works. I think it's a great formula. And 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 you've kind of you're so tenured in doing it now, aren't you? That, you know, I, I get the impression that people feel very honored to also come on your show. It feels like a real two-way street in terms of what you're offering to talent because, you know, it within this space, you know, you have a huge platform now. And I think think people know what they're getting when they go on your show. Um, one thing that I was really interested in was, you know, I mean, it would probably be easier by now to list A-listers and um wrestlers that you haven't interviewed and the ones you have because you've kind of gone through everyone it feels um is there anyone that is still on your bucket list that you haven't actually managed to interview yet oh yeah yeah, yeah. oh definitely especially when it comes to wrestling there's still a bunch that i haven't done and i'm hopeful that it could happen maybe sometime this year it's only january as we're recording this i haven't interviewed triple h sean michaels kevin owens randy orton aj Styles. so there's still a bunch there in the film world, I, I would love to have a conversation with Christopher Nolan. I think he's the best director working today. I'm a fan of all of his movies. And I love the way that he plays with time because time is this one commodity that we can spend, but we can never get it back. And I'm fascinated by that idea just in general about this, this non-renewing resource that we have. Like this second, it, it just happened, it's gone, we'll never have it again. 
he plays with that so much in time or in, in movies, whether it's Memento, whether it's Interstellar, whether it's Dunkirk, whether it's Tenant, whether it's Oppenheimer. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that. And I would love to have a conversation with him. So there's still there's still a bunch of people on that list. But that was I was really grateful to be able to cross off a few last year, like. I interviewed Sylvester or I Sylvester Sloan years ago, but then I got Arnold Schwarzenegger last year. I'm like, oh man, I didn't think I'd ever get Arnold. And then he was promoting a show for Netflix. I'm like, this is amazing. And was that, did you manage to do it? Was that more of a press junket or was it more of a deep dive? What did you get with? That was a press junket, but my man, if I could get Arnold for a full hour on the show, Mm. I know that we're interviewing a lot of wrestlers, but I I don't think people would mind if we had Arnold on the show. No, 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 no. The thing is with WWE, you could get away with Arnie, you can get away with Sly. You can get away with Burt Reynolds. You know, back in the day, like you know, that's you true. Know, there, there's so many people. William Shatner. There's so many people that have been involved with the world of World Wrestling Federation. That they're all fair game. It's all fine. We'd we'd forgive you for that. It'd be okay. I'm a, yeah. So th- we'll put this out on the world. I had a five minute interview with Arnold. Let's have one that's longer next time. Let's make it happen. So look, you were talking about time and you were talking about appreciating time. Um, one thing I really love when listening to your shows, um, which is really clear about you, Chris, is this practice of gratitude. You you end you end every episode with the things you're grateful of. I know you've spoken about, you know, when you wake up in the morning and go to sleep at night, you talk about the three things you're grateful for. When when did the practice of gratitude begin for you and and what difference has it made to your life? It started during COVID, actually, and it's made the biggest difference in my life. And when you start to reframe things where you start to be thankful for what you have, rather than being angry or upset about what you don't have, your entire world starts to change. So that was a, a really big thing for me. And when I started, I started bringing it, I was doing it on my own, just waking up every day, saying out loud three things I was grateful for, and then doing it before I was going to sleep. And if you think back, and I, I hate I hate to think back to like prime COVID time, but travel with me for a moment to March, April, May, June of 2020. Like it was things were looking pretty bleak at that time. We had like the the ship, you know, little sliver of light at the end of the tunnel where we're like, ah, everything will be back to normal by this holiday, and that didn't happen. Everything will be back to normal by this holiday, and then that didn't happen. And there were just a lot of things going on in the world. And a lot of people were really affected by it. Um, and a lot of people lost loved ones as a result. And I just wanted to, you know, with all that negativity that was going on in the world, I just wanted to be able to look at some positivity. And that was a thing that changed my life so much. And there was a quote that really hammered it home for me. I'm, I'm actually going to find it because I, I want to make sure I, I say it right, because it's such a powerful quote. Um, it's I think I found I think I found it. Okay, here it is. No amount of regret changes the past. No amount of anxiety changes the future. But any amount of gratitude changes the present. And that quote there changed my entire perception of it. And the reason I ask at the end of every episode is number one, I think I love the idea of podcasters that I listen to that have a signature question at the end. Like I listened to Lewis Howes in the School of Greatness, and he always asks, like, what's your definition of greatness? And he has another great question at the end of his podcast. I listen to Modern Wisdom, and he has a question at the end. I listen to um, 
this is, his question is actually really interesting. He has a he has people. Oh no, it's um, it's Diary of a CEO with Stephen Bartlett, who's actually out on you know, your side of the pond. Mm-hmm. He will have one guest ask a question of the next guest, not knowing who they are. And I just love that idea, and it keeps the listener engaged till the very end. But with the gratitude question, I love that it helps people to kind of reframe their own life. Oh my gosh, if that person who is so successful in their life and their career can be grateful for the same things that I have in my life, well, maybe I should start thinking like that too. Wow, they're grateful for a roof over their head. They're grateful for their health. Wow, today really sucked, but I've got those things in my life. I'm thankful for them too. Mm. It's interesting. Yeah, going, I mean, I always find it really hard going back to, to the COVID times, but as time goes on, it's getting easier for me. Um, I mean, I, funnily enough, as the full circle of life we're in now, I've ba- I've interviewed from a wrestling side, both Matt Cardona and Mike Kyoda about April 15th, 2020, because when WWE yeah. was doing its big swathe of cuts, I lost my job on the same day and I was made redundant and I was terrified because um, I'd only been in this PR role for about eight months it had been a big step change for my family for me to take that role on. And it just ended overnight. And, you know, I was, I really, I was going into COVID anyway with anxiety, with depression, that news hit and that just completely dipped me over into such a dark place. And there was a period where I couldn't see the good. I mean, I had an, I had an 18 month old baby at home, Chris, and technically we were having a beautiful heat wave, uh, which is rare in the UK. Going to be honest, we're, we're <laughs> the recording. Sun this. Is shining and yeah. incredible. We're recording this right now. You know, you're you're in sunny LA. I'm in a I'm in my log cabin here with a storm blowing outside. So you know that's standard. But um, no, I mean I just couldn't see the good for a period. I just yeah. I couldn't I couldn't see beyond what was going on. I think the enormity of the pandemic was so extreme. But all I could do was focus on my little bubble for a bit, and it took me a while to be able to reframe reframe that. And it was really interesting having that conversation with those two, um, those two gentlemen, because you've got one who's this professional wrestler at the height of his career, full of confidence, who was like, oh, well, that's fine. I've got a pool. I'm going to do well out of this. Not a problem. Yeah. And then I interviewed, you know, this other gentleman who's who was at the time was in his mid 50s, had been with the same company for 30 years, who was, you know, broken by the news absolutely what am i going to do i'm cast aside and um, it was really interesting to get those two perspectives because at the time i couldn't really see a way out obviously i fast forward four years on i now seem to have this podcast a wrestling podcast my own company you know it's all kind of worked out as it's supposed to do but it can be in those moments where you know if you're not i guess grounding it in the gratitude and grounding it in the small pockets of what's good in that day that you can just get lost because when you're talking about success, you know, everyone is more successful, successful than you, aren't they? If you, if you look at the the outside world, I mean, you know, you know, there you are in LA with your lovely full head of hair, which hasn't, hasn't hit me at the age of 40 and all your, all your millions of subscribers, but actually, you know, that's not success, is it? That's just, that's just window dressing. That's not what life's all about at the end of the day. Well, for me, I've always defined success as being excited for what you're going to do at the start of that day and then being proud of what you've done at the end of that day. And I don't just, this isn't just work. This is like everything, like life as a whole. That's always been my definition of success. And then it's wake up and do it again tomorrow. And in saying like, what are the three things you're grateful for? Or, you know, when when things are not going well to just look for gratitude, I'm not saying like, 
I'm saying see the situation for what it is, but don't see it for worse than what it is. And I think that that's a really important thing. Like, yeah, thing, things are tough right now, but no, this too shall pass. And I think that that's such an important thing too that I've remembered as well. Like if things are going great, this too shall pass. And if things are going not so great, this too shall pass. And I think that that's an important thing to remember. And if you're hitting me with prophetic quotes, I'll go right back at you with a bit of Dolly P. And uh, you can't have the rainbow without the rain. Or there it is. That but, you know, that's it, isn't it? And, and sometimes we get so caught up in the moment and where we are now and we don't look ahead. And, and I've heard you say a few times, especially when it comes to content and where you are now, that you don't get to where you are. This is in any stage of life or success without starting and being consistent and showing up. And one of the things I really love about you and the way we first connected is, you know, you're obviously really busy with doing your own stuff and your own journey, but you're also really passionate about helping and champion others and helping people follow in your footsteps. And you've done that now through setting up a full-time creator, which is a community that I've, you know, benefited a lot from in the last six months or so. What what was the um what was the purpose behind full-time creator and and why did you feel you were the the man to to bring that to life, as it were? Well, I love that you're a part of it. Thank you, Ben. And thank you for giving me this opportunity to talk about it. I just want people to realize that it's possible for them to do it too. And I think that especially with content creation, it's too easy when you're starting out to look at that mountain and go, that's too high. I can't climb that. Or, oh my gosh, I'll never be like Mr. Beast with 200,000 subscribers. Or heck, I'll never be like, insert name here with 1,000 subscribers or 20,000 subscribers. And I want people to know that when it comes to content creation, we all start at zero. Like we all start at zero. And sure, some people grow faster than others, but we all start at zero. And you 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 need to you need to start in order to be great. And I think that's that's such an important, important thing. You need to start in order to be great, but you don't need to be great in order to start. And I get hit up quite a bit now, especially from people that want to start podcasts or they want to start YouTube channels, and they just don't know where to start. And I, I want to let people know that like, you're not in this alone because so much of content creation is exactly what we're doing right now. Like, sure, we're looking at each other virtually through a computer screen, but I don't know where you're at, but I'm sitting in an office right now. I'm sitting in a room, the door is closed and looking at a camera, it's just me in this room. And it's yeah. kind of like you're creating in a vacuum. And I want people to know you're you're not in this alone. There's other people who are at various stages of, of their content creation journey that can help you out through this thing we've built called full-time creator. And I love that we have this mastermind for people who are just starting out, people who are maybe uh, a few months in or a few years in, or for people who have, you know, really kicked some ass and they want to continue to get even bigger and get even better and make this uh, a full-time career. That's why we called it full-time creators. So we've only been doing this for about three-ish months, but I'm so excited for what we've done so far. And I'm so excited for what's possible. So if you're interested in what we're talking about here, go check out fulltimecreator.co. You can sign up for a dollar, see if it's for you, and we'll see you as part of the group. And I have a testimonial on the homepage. So you this can, is true. I genuinely trust that. Um, it, it's, but what I love about it is it's, um, you know, you're right about creating a vacuum because I was 18 months into, into creating you know, content for lack of a better term, it, you know, as a podcast on YouTube before I signed up to this and, and saw this. Um, but I already had a sense of what I was doing because I've worked in PR for 20 years. I've built brands. 
I'd built a career on social media. So I, you know, I understood various mechanisms and I also knew what good looks like because I have consumed so many podcasts and YouTube channels and been involved with presenting, but I knew what I wanted. So for me, I sat on the idea for a long time of starting because I didn't want to start and have something that didn't feel polished until one day when I thought, if I don't just start, I'm never going to do this. And I'm already only two years on cringing at some of the early <laughs> mistakes I made. Like I, I've had this conversation with, with Nick Aldis. I've known Nick for years and one of, he was one of my first interviewees. And bless his heart, we went almost three hours. I just didn't stop. I was just like, I didn't check beforehand how much time have you got. I just got everything about that poor man's life on one video. And he never stopped me. But I'm sure at some point he was like, is this guy ever going to stop asking me questions? And I look back at that and cringe. But also I learned a lot through doing that interview. And it's just repetition and repetition. And I think the more you do it, I mean, I'm the product of 30 of these. You're the product of what, 600? Um, probably by the time we, by the time this goes out in a month, you'll probably be at a thousand knowing you. Um, so, you know, it's just going, it's just doing it and doing it and doing it. And every time learning a bit more, isn't it? About what works, what doesn't and refining. And I think that people need to realize if you are about to start, your first podcast is going to be pretty bad. <laughs> it won't seem bad in the moment. You'll actually be pretty proud of it. And yeah. it'll, it'll be, it'll seem okay. But as you continue to get better, as you continue to hone those skills, you're going to look back on it. And like you said, you're going to cringe a little bit. And if you're not looking back at your old content and cringing, then you're not heading in the right direction. So it's important to put out that first episode so that your second one can be better than your first. And then your third one can be better than your second and so on and so on. But in order for that to happen, you need to put out your first one. And I think it's so important to realize that like Joe Rogan's at what? Episode 200 or 2000 and something right now. Nobody was really listening to Joe Rogan in episode 174, right? And it, and I think there's a lot of people that have created 174 podcasts and they're frustrated with the process or they're frustrated that the downloads aren't what they think they should be. And the idea is you got to keep going. And if you don't love every part of the whole process, if you don't love every part of booking the guests and researching them and then doing the interview and promoting it and editing it and producing it, all of that then at some point the system is going to break down because you're not going to, you're not in love with that one element and it's going to feel like a job and if at any mm. point creating content whether that's podcasting or it's streaming or it's youtube if at any point that feels like it's a job or it feels like it's a slog then it's going to start to fall apart on you because i think that the most important thing you need is passion to just keep going and not every day is going to be awesome but I feel like you need to have that excitement to create the content that you're creating. Thanks once again for being with us for another inspiring conversation on the Good Journeys pod. At Second Mountain, we firmly believe that resilience lies at the heart of all good journeys. And our friends over at Resilient Leaders Elements are deeply passionate about making world-class leadership development available to all. RLE now has an exciting opportunity for those who share the belief that anyone can be a resilient leader. This is open to anyone who'd value an opportunity to collaborate with like-minded professionals from around the world. Their global Resilient Leaders Elements accreditation program gives you the chance to help others become more confident in who they are and what they do as a leader. The program is facilitated by an experienced Resilient Leaders consultant who will guide you through the journey step by step. 
you'll then be welcomed into a worldwide network of like-minded resilient leadership specialists. So if you're passionate about developing resilient leadership in yourself and others, why not consider training to become a Resilient Leaders Consultant? Visit resilientleaderselements.com now and find out more. And this is where, when we were talking about boundaries and being glued to your phone, you know, I get this a lot from my wife saying, you're always on your phone, get off your phone. But the, the thing that's changed for me in the last year is that that little black mirror here, you know, that's now, I have this, I'm DMing WWE wrestlers who I grew up watching. I'm DMing film stars and sports stars and authors. And because what's different now, having a show versus before is, you know, I might tag an author and say, really enjoyed this book. And they might go, thanks. You know, now it's really enjoyed this book. I'd like to have you on my podcast to talk about the journey that led to your literary journey. And then a year on, that author has become a friend, you know, and that's what I found amazing about this is that, you know, this is, this is just a cool, this is just a, you know, this is just a meeting until you make it mean more. And I think what you're really good at doing is, you know, I've heard you say that you may not interview you, their conversations. And that is what I'm trying to do here as well. I think, you know, you put a lot of time into the research and trying to ask people things that maybe they wouldn't expect they'd be asked. But also, I'm always I'm always really grateful for these moments I have now. Like, yeah, it's great when this is edited and hopefully gets some likes and shares and all that stuff, because, you know, obviously you want your content to reach people. But I just really enjoy, you know, these moments I have now and feel very grateful looking back after two years, pretty amazed at some of the people I've got to speak to. And I can't even begin to imagine who I'll speak to in the future. It's um, it's pretty it's pretty cool, really. That's what the medium of, medium of podcasting is so cool, because if you were to reach out to an author or a WWE superstar or an athlete or an actor and you just sent them a message and said, could I take you out to lunch and pick your brain or could we set up a phone call where we can talk? You were never going to get a response to that. But if you start to lead with value of I have this podcast or YouTube channel, whatever it happens to be with this kind of audience and we can get your message out about whatever it is you're talking about or whatever it is you're promoting all of a sudden that that changes and that's why i love podcasting so much is it gives you the opportunity to get in the room with people that you'd normally never be able to have the chance to even bend their ear a little bit do you still love what you do do you is oh. this something you'll you'll do you, can you ever see a time when you won't be doing this chris i love what i do every single day and that's what's so exciting about this is I get to wake up excited for what I'm going to do. And then when I go to bed at night, proud of what I'm done. I don't know if I'll, I don't know if I'll always have a podcast. I don't know if I'll be sitting here at 78 years old. You know, I'd be an episode 10,000 or whatever at that point. I don't know, but I'm enjoying it now. I'm continuing to love it more and more every day. So I don't see it stopping anytime soon. I'm looking forward to you interviewing Triple H's granddaughter about her entry into WWE. Let's be honest. You're going to be that guy, aren't you? I mean, let's hope. And look, I'm grateful for every opportunity. Every time someone says yes to do an interview with me, I'm grateful for that opportunity. And I just hope that they continue. Well, there's something I want to ask you about, which is completely off, off the track here, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about this. You turned 40 last year and... You know, most people turn 40 with a with a bit of a somber kind of feeling about that milestone. It feels like a really big point in one's life. 
you turn 40 and you decide to get in the best shape of your life and get ripped to high heaven. How on earth did you, uh, you know, where, where did the idea come about that I'm going to get absolutely shredded before I turn 40 and I'm going to document it for, uh, you know, for social media? And what's it been like, you know, since being in that shape? Well, I've always been interested in fitness. I got my first gym membership when I was 15 and I've always been into that and I've always been interested in it. And I've always been in pretty good shape, but I knew with 40 around the corner, that's a big milestone. I think for a lot of people, that's like, oh my gosh, it's all downhill from here. And I wanted to make it a moment that I celebrated. So I thought about this a long time out. I was thinking about this like six months before my 40th birthday of like, I want to be in the best shape of my life by 40 for two reasons. One being like, this is that big milestone and it's 40 and I want to show what's possible with hard work, with dedication, and with the like, just just following the instructions. I worked with an incredible fitness trainer and nutritionist named AJ Sims. You can look him up on Instagram. He's at Cement Factory. He's the best, and he's worked with so many of the biggest at, at Cement Factory. Yes, at Cement Factory because he's getting you, all, you know, jacked like a like you're made of cement. <laughs> But he's he's gotten a ton of WWE superstars in the best shape of their life. So I knew like that's the person to start with. But I knew that with some dedication and with Nick just following these instructions, I could do it. And I wanted to prove to myself that this was possible. I wanted to prove to myself that I could say no to the temptations of the potato chips or the ice cream or the pizza or candy or all of these things that I love so much. And I also wanted to show other people that this was possible. People that were either turning 40, maybe just had turned 40, or people that were a few years away from that, like, oh, 40 is not so scary. And then number two, I was about to be a dad. So my birthday's May 19th. Our daughter was supposed to be born. The due date was May 21st. So I'm like, I'm going to redefine what it means to have a dad bod. So it was that idea as well of like, the dad bod doesn't have to be what society has told us a dad bod looks like. A dad bod can be this just because... I, I I worked out and I ate well. And I also wanted to set this example for my daughter of like, mm. you, I'm, I'm not being selfish because I'm spending time in the gym. I'm in fact being selfless because I want to be around when she turns 80 years old. Yeah, that's an, that's an ambition. That's going to make you, how, how old will you be then? 120? I'll be 120. Yeah. And still, and still, still podcasting. Weights. <laughs> well, look, I mean, I, by the time this goes out, I'll be six months to 40. So, you know, I need to, you know, I mean, it's, it, it, it weighed on my mind when the new year began. You know, we were talking off air about I'm going to WrestleMania this year because I've never done it. And if I'm ever going to do it, it's in my 40th year. That's a, that's a fun thing. That's a bucket list thing. But much more important for me is actually getting in shape but also not just not just getting in shape in terms of physical shape, but actually trying to get a handle on the things that I don't think are great about my life. So um, bad sleep, addiction to technology, focusing on things that aren't that important, you know, like social media followers or whatever it may be, and money, you know, just trying to actually go into my 40th year with a with a better mindset, really, for the future. And, um, you know, I think it's it's great for, you know, kind of you're doing what you're doing and, and showing that. And, you know, I want to encourage anyone who's listening who's around about our age. But, um, you know, 40 is just the beginning. We're just getting started. This is this is the start now. It's exciting. Well, and, and, 
and look, whatever your goal is, just know that it's every day. Like, just know that it's a little bit every single day. You know, you're not going to get into the best shape of your life just by snapping your fingers. But I'm a big believer in like setting a big goal, whether that for me was getting in the best shape of your life or I ran my first Spartan race last year. Or like if it's something for you, if, you, if you've always wanted to write that book, what better time than now? If you've always wanted to run that marathon, what better time than now? Like set a realistic goal of like, all right, I could do that in six months or a year, but then I got to reverse engineer that back to where I'm at right now. Okay, well then what does that mean is step one right now? And then what's step two after that? And so on and so on. And I think that too many people just look at the finish line, go, that's too far away. I can't do that. Instead of going, you got to take one step before you can take the next one and so on. So what's your, do you have a three-year or a five-year plan then, Chris? Not really. I think for me, it's it's continued continuing to be that thing of like what's happening today and how can today be better than yesterday was. So that's something I'm continuing to focus on. Of course, I want the show to continue to grow. I do have a goal with my CVV Clips YouTube channel. I actually wrote it on a whiteboard, which is just off camera here. On October 21st of last year, I had 353,808 subscribers. And I said I wanted to hit 1 million by my birthday of 2025. So that's May 19th, 2025. As we sit here right now, so that was November, December, three months later, so we went from 353,000, we're now at 495,000. So we've grown 140,000 wow. subscribers in those three months. So that's one of the, that's the big goal, but like then, but then it doesn't stop, right? And right. I think that that's a, a thing about goals is like, you don't just run through that tape at the finish line and then that's it. Like, what, what do you do after that? And you got to keep pushing forward. What about personally? to continue to get better every day and like I, I want to be the best father that I can possibly be that's obviously a new one for me our daughter's almost eight months old as we record this right now so that's 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 a huge focus for me is mm -hmm. being the best father that I can be I'm really grateful that I get to spend a lot of time at home working like this you know I think that that's one of the great things that did happen out of the pandemic was the ability to do things remotely so that's cool but you know when I'm on the road, I miss her so much, but the goal is to to be the best father that I can be. I think I think conversations like this, are, uh, are, I like to think they're really precious time capsules for our kids because um, I, I lost my dad last year, and I wish more than anything I had some film footage of him. You know, I wish, if, gosh, if I'd gone back three years and I've been doing this now, I wish more than anything I could have had him on as a guest. You know, I know you've done that with your wife. I wish I could have interviewed him and had something because I don't have film of him. And I hope that actually, I talk a lot about my kids in these episodes and I hope actually that 10, 20, 30 years from now, whatever, however they're watching this, it'll probably be streamed directly into their retinas. But <laughs> I hope I hate that, you know, I hope my boys hear some of the things that I said about them to guests and in conversations and understand how much I love them and how much I'm trying as a dad because it's it's not easy but i'm i'm trying to do it well you know yeah but also trying to have a career and trying to feed my passion and trying to navigate this crazy world yeah i think that brendan Bouchard says this if you're familiar with his work he says at the end of every day he asks himself did i live did i love did i matter and if you can say yes 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 to all of those 
think you're doing okay. The final question then, what are you proudest of on your journey so far? It's that little girl. It's that little, she's, she's just on the other side of this door. It's it's that little girl. Uh, I'm, I'm proudest to be a father. And my career has been really enjoyable so far. And it's taken me to another country, like born and raised in Pickering, Ontario, Canada, now living in Los Angeles, California. It's been a heck of a journey that has now encompassed almost 20 years of my life. That's all great. But none of that really matters. Like what really matters at the end of the day is the people closest to me. And my parents are actually visiting right now, which is great. So that's the thing I'm always most grateful for is my family. And that's my wife, Rachel, our daughter, Logan, my mom, my dad, my sister, Kimberly, brother-in-law, Brent, my niece and nephews, Ainsley, Colin and Clark, like my, my, my grandfather, like those are the people I'm most grateful for. And that's what I'm proudest of. Well, look, keep doing what you're doing. Keep inspiring people. Keep creating this great stuff that keeps us all entertained. Um, but more than anything else, just yeah, keep looking after that great family of yours. Because, as you say, when you get when you're when you're on your deathbed, you're not going to be looking at what your YouTube subscribers were. You're going to be looking at the impact that you had with that, those people right there, aren't you? That's it. So, Ben, thank you so much for a great conversation. You're welcome. How can my audience uh, follow you, Chris? What are your handles? Your many handles. Go on. Well, wherever you're listening to this, you can find my podcast, Insight with Chris Van Vliet. And then you can find me on all of the various social media platforms. Just my name, at Chris Van Vliet. And then that YouTube channel, if you want to help me get to that million goal, go look up CVV Clips on YouTube. That's the channel where I just post the most interesting moments or memories for those for those interviews. And there's also my main YouTube channel, which is just Chris Van Vliet. So go check me out there. So whether it's a snack, a slice of bread, or a whole life, there is something for everyone. Just search for Chris Van Vliet. Well, look, thank you, Chris, so much for your time today. Um, I'm very grateful for this, and it's been a great conversation. Um, on the subject of thanks, thank you to my brilliant producer, uh, Jeff Easton from Tall Lake Productions, for bringing this conversation to life. Um, Chris, what is the one thing that my, all of my listeners do, could do to help me grow this show. You, you're better at saying this than I am. What's the one thing we need as podcasters? You, I cannot overstate how important it is. You just click follow. It is the easiest thing you can do. It doesn't cost you any money. Money, it takes you maybe two seconds. Just hit that follow button. It will help Ben's show grow so much. And as Ben's show continues to grow, the guests will continue to get better. So you will be getting far better guests than me so we can set the bar a lot higher here i think so i like to think so yeah this is just the beginning isn't it certainly yes so hit that follow button if you haven't already and if you thought you hit that follow button grab your phone right now take a look oh my gosh i thought i was following the show i'm not so hit follow that's the one so look we're done great conversation i've been benville my special guest has been cvv chris van vliet this has been good journeys with second mountain so until next time let's keep climbing together and I'll see you all soon.